Hi and welcome to the Via Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Christine Geshom share with us on how worship brings heaven to earth. When we hear the word worship, we usually think music and singing, but what if it is every aspect of our lives? Today we look at the wise men and those shepherds who chose to go out of their way to worship a newborn king so that we would worship our God for the risen and reigning king that he is. Hi church, it's my joy and privilege to bring God's word to you today. As you know, we're in the season of Advent and we've been doing a series called Heaven Coming to Earth. And today we're going to be looking at another aspect and a couple of other characters who play a major role in the first nativity scene that happened. And um I don't know about you but I'm looking forward to Christmas this year and for me Christmas starts early. It starts in November. I'm um always envisioning ways in which I can uh point others to Jesus, not the baby Jesus who was born 2000 years ago, but the King Jesus who is returning uh and returning soon at that. I don't know if um, you've heard the story but I was reading this interesting story about a little boy called Philip and Philip had a rough week at school and so his mom sent him to his grandmother's house for the weekend and as he was walking um on the shores of their uh, little lake that his grandmother lived beside uh, the the evening sky looked beautiful and so his grandmother in an effort to distract him from his school uh, said uh, Philip look at the sky it's so beautiful doesn't it look like an artist painted it do you know that god painted this just for you and philip looks up at the sky and says yes i know and that too he painted it with just his left hand and so his grandmother looks confused she says what do you mean she said well he says well last last week in sunday school uh, my teacher said that uh, jesus sits on god's right hand and therefore he just had one hand with which to paint the sunset as adorable as that sounds um i believe that this god that we worship he's a living god he worship he he paints the sunsets he creates um the wind and the waves they obey him and he is mighty he is mighty and he's worthy of all our worship and i want to ask you today what does your worship look like what has your worship looked like this past year and are you prepared to take your worship up a notch are you prepared for god to actually breathe life over the worship that you offer so that the worship that we offers brings heaven to earth i want to look at two big characters who you know we see them in all the nativity plays that we have done we we portray these guys again and again but i wonder if we look at them through the lens of what worship really must look like we're going to be looking at the wise men the men who traveled from afar just to meet a newborn king and to worship him and we're going to be looking at the shepherds who were obscure uneducated illiterate men and women who sat at the outskirts of a city and who were met by angels and where the birth of Jesus was announced to them and then they rush to go and worship this newborn king and so i want to ask you today as we get into the word as we look at this familiar passage of scripture will you ask god uh, to open your heart to what he wants to speak to you because i believe today's word is for each of us it's a very personal message it is not something that we can say you know this is for everyone in the same sense but it's for each of us to examine how we look at worship 
to re-examine how we worship Jesus and to actually come to a place of saying, Lord, I want to worship you as you deserve to be worshipped, as you desire to be worshipped. Let's read together Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 and verses 7 to 12. This is what it says. Now, it was after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. We don't know how many wise men were there. Tradition says three or four. There could have been more. But these men had come from an oriental country somewhere in the east. They had traveled all the way just looking at all the astrological signs following it, knowing that that particular star indicated that the Messiah was going to be born. All they had, they brought their treasures. They didn't come empty-handed. They came and I don't know about you, but for me, it feels like extravagant worship coming all the way, taking the effort to come. When they meet him, they fall down and they worshiped him. And mind you, they're not worshiping a king on a throne. They're worshiping a little child, believing that he is the Messiah, the savior of the world. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. The shepherds and the angels. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds were minding their own business, seated on a hillside, doing what they did every single day, a mundane task. And yet the angels were sent specifically to them. And the announcement was made so beautifully, in so creative a way. And these guys didn't just sit there and, and wonder what to do with that. They rushed with haste immediately to see if what the angels said was true. They went, they saw Mary and Joseph and their newborn baby. And it says it didn't stop there. 
they didn't just see that and leave they saw everything there they went out and told everyone these guys simple men simple women maybe illiterate were chosen and they were the first set of missionaries the first set of evangelists who went about saying guess what the messiah we've been waiting for he's arrived he's here he's in our town the word for worship the greek word for worship is proskuneo which basically means to prostrate before to fall before and to adore and pay homage to someone to actually prostrate before them that's what it means proskuneo and that is what worship in these contexts means that's what the kings did as learned as they were as influential as they were in their country when they came before the king of kings when they came before the creator of the universe they bowed before him the shepherds they may not have known much but they must have known a basic understanding of the hebrew text to know that this was something big and so they worshiped and they didn't leave it there they went and told others and they went out glorifying and praising god it says and i wonder today if you are like me and you're wondering okay god where does that leave me how should my worship look how did our worship look in 2021 How are we going to end this year? How are we going to end it worshiping you? How are we going to 2022? How does my worship impact you, Lord? That's my question. It's been my question this week, Lord. Have I been worshiping you in the way that you deserve to be worshiped? Because he has given me everything I have. Everything I am, everything I have is from him. Do I worship him as he deserves to be worshiped? Second thing, do I worship him as he desires to be worshiped? Our main verse for today is taken from John chapter 4 verses 23 to 24 and the the background to this verse is Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman this woman came to that well every day at noon when no one was around because she was an outcast she was looked down upon because she was living in an adulterous relationship with a man who she was not married to and she had come to collect water at the well when Jesus was seated there and he starts talking to her and in an effort to divert his questions about her personal life she brings up the, the the topic of worship and she says you know what ancestors worshiped on this mountain and you guys worship at your temple and you know she's drawing these parallels and then jesus drops this bomb on her and this is what i want you to read john chapter 4 verses 23 to 24 he says but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth today we have so many titles in our churches in our ministries we have leader we have youth leaders we have shepherds we have pastors apostles and of course a lot of them are biblical titles you know pastor prophet and all of that is great but i believe every follower of jesus needs this title and that's worshipper are you and i worshipers maybe we have areas of influence maybe we are well known and all of that is great but when it comes down to it coming to the brass tacks am i a worshipper and this is what i believe that we can bring heaven to earth right now if our worship is worship in spirit and in truth because that's the kind of worship that our father desires that our heavenly father desires so when we worship god in a way that he deserves and desires we actually bring heaven to earth 
And so before we actually understand how we can worship him in spirit and in truth, you know, this is something that I know uh, all of us who have been uh, soaked in in uh, in the biblical text over years of going to Sunday school, youth and other things, we know worship him in spirit and in truth. But what does that entail? What does that practically look like? Before we get into that, I want to want us to first look at what the problem with worship today is. We're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 17 verses 38 to 41. And it says this in the Amplified, the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget and you shall not fear other gods, but the Lord your God, you shall fear and worship. Then he will rescue you from the hands of all your enemies. However, they did not listen, but they acted in accordance with their former custom. So these nations superficially feared the Lord. They also served their idols, so as did their children and their children's children, just as their fathers did. So do they to this day, the date of this writing. So what the writer of this particular passage is talking about is that people of Israel had two problems. They did not deeply, truly, authentically fear God, Yahweh God. They didn't Look at him as because he had done so much. He had rescued them from slavery. He had led them into the promised land. When they asked for a king, he gave them a king after king after king. And yet they were not true to the one living God. Second thing was they served other idols. Their attention was so divided that some of them, some of the people of Israel were serving uh, the queen of heaven. They were worshiping the sun like a god. They were doing all kinds of horrendous things in terms of idolatry. And so this is not just the problem of ancient Israel. I believe this is the problem of today. It's a 21st century problem as well. We don't love and worship God deeply. We're so superficial with it. Also, we're so divided in our worship. We worship our homes. We worship our relationships. We worship our jobs. We worship our children. God is not solely on the throne of my heart. And so this is not an ancient problem. It's a very modern problem. It's a very relevant problem to us today. And so how do we actually beat this problem? How do we uproot it right from the roots? How do we take it out? So I believe that there are two ways in which we can worship in such a way that we bring heaven to earth. And the first way is that we go deeper. Because the problem is we, we are content with the superficial. We're content with just saying these things, these platitudes and saying what we know, which we've been watching other Christians say, or we're just content to use some of, you know, a biblical sounding words and get by in our worship. But today God is saying, will you go deeper with me? Will your worship go deeper? Um, Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. This is what it says. Then the Lord said, because this nation approaches me only with their words and honors me only with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me and their reverence for me is a tradition that is learnt by rote without any regard for its meaning. I don't know if you, if you can identify yourself with this, but so often the way we offer our worship is by script. I come, people have told us, you know, do, do your, you know, when you pray, do it by, you know, in this format, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, something. What if you just sat before God and let Him lead the script? What if you were solely dependent on the Holy Spirit for how you worship? What if you decide, you know what, Lord, today I'm just going to worship you by listening to music, allowing my feet to move, allowing myself to be moved by you? What if today my act of worship is just sitting before you and writing my prayers out? What if today my act of worship is in listening to that friend who has a long list of struggles? 
each of us need to go deeper and the way we go deeper is with the holy spirit that's why it says you need to worship me in spirit and in truth spirit because we are spirit people and the lord is spirit as well and so the, the psalmist writes deep cries out to deep so the minute you allow yourself to go deeper the holy spirit reaches into you and he actually pulls you forward he draws you closer and the beauty about it is this that when you go deeper you start to hear the heart of god you start to experience who he really is it's no longer something that you just you know i've heard of this you know this is how god is but no you're experiencing it for yourself um I, my parents have an old age home which they run and this week when i was at the old age home i was observing this little well that had been dug there almost 20 years back and as long as i've visited this place for the past 12 years or so the well always has water and so i was just doing a bit of studying on how does a well actually work right and as i studied it this is what's very interesting apparently the deeper a well is dug the greater chances it has to produce water over a long period of time what do i mean by this a well that is shallow if it's just dug to about 10 or 12 feet has a higher risk for bacterial contamination also it has a higher risk of running dry which is weird because you would think when it rains it will immediately fill with water but yeah that's the problem when it's shallow if there's a month of drought even the sh- the well will completely dry up but a well that has gone deep a well that has gone deep will bring you purer water secondly it will not run dry, dry even in seasons of drought because it has touched the aquifer the lowest part of the water table and so no matter where there is water in the vicinity even if there's a little it will rush into the well and fill up and i wonder if we need to go deeper just for that sake how many of us have been looking at worship through the shallow lens of this is how i need to do it what if god is saying come closer to me draw deeper so that you will understand what it is that you must actually do to worship me it is only when we go deeper that we will move from tradition and rituals to actually a place of spontaneous worship where i'm solely dependent on the holy spirit some of us think you know i need to have a quiet time of 15 minutes and in that time god needs to speak to me but what if god is saying hey your quiet time is great but i will speak to you any time during the day whenever your ears are tuned to me i'll speak to you i'll speak to you through your children i'll speak to you to your age aged parents i will speak to you through your boss even if you would let me talk worship is going to look different because the holy spirit is so vibrant and powerful and creative he is not limited by us and so when we put a ritual or a tradition down and say this is what i'm going to do it limits his move but today i want to ask you will you go deeper where you're solely relying on the holy spirit to lead you into worship what if going deeper mean, means that we move from just singing those songs playing that right key to actually letting my heart be in complete harmony with his heart what if it means that my heart is completely yielded to him so when i sit in worship before him all i'm saying is lord my heart is yours i've surrendered this to you so whatever you move me to do i will do whatever you ask me to say i will say whoever you tell me to speak to i will speak to what if that is the place of surrender we come to what if going deeper means actually revering him not out of fear not out of compulsion but actually out of a place of love and gratitude for who he is and what he's done for you 
because that's a great place because then our worship goes deeper it's no longer saying okay lord i'll, I'll say these 10 things that adore you and the 11th thing is that i need this particular thing asap but what if it's coming to say lord i just adore you for who you are i adore you and love you for what you've done for me in jesus i love that i can whisper a prayer and you're right there listening to me i think that's what i enjoy the most about god's presence that i can just tap into that presence anytime so going deeper means believing that i can experience him in my living room right now going deeper means that when i'm driving my car in the quietness of that environment i can pour my heart out to him and just bear it all and say lord i'm i'm wounded inside i'm broken inside i'm emptied out help me speak to me fill me up it means that i don't need a time or a set place yes a, a set place for your quiet time is important it's it's great but worship happens anywhere worship can happen anytime and when the holy spirit is guiding you and leading you he will encourage you to go deeper he will not be content with the superficial our god likes to go deep he wants to heal the deepest parts of us and what is a better place to orchestrate that than worship what is a better place to find your healing and rest than in worship of him so that's the first thing that we need to go deeper the second thing i believe is that we need to be set apart we cannot in following jesus we cannot have our feet both on land and in water as if as it were it be difficult you need to pick your side you need to either be in a boat or you need to be on the, on the land right similarly the bible many times says you can't serve god and serve money you need to pick one and then you might ask me but i need money to live so how can i you know completely ignore money no serve god with all your heart love him with all your heart and the beautiful thing is you seek first his kingdom he says all these things will be added unto you money will come wealth will come whatever you're longing for will come provided you love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind there's a condition to that we need to pick a side we live in a time when the word inclusivity is being thrown around so much it says well jesus ate with sinners jesus welcomed everyone so so should we and it's great it's true 200% we must we must love everyone we meet we must embrace whoever we meet we must invite them in but jesus called out the sin he loved the sinners but he called out the sin and so it's important for each of us to know where we stand on certain issues it's not en- enough to say i love everyone i'll accept everything in following jesus in order to worship him in a way that pleases him i need to be very clear on what my stand on sin is for myself i need to be able to call some things black or white there is no gray area in following jesus you will become an enemy of world that's what the bible says in john 17 verses 15 to 19 let's read this this is a beautiful prayer it's a prayer that jesus prays for every one of his disciples and the disciples who are to come who are all of us he's actually praying for us right now john 17 15 to 19 i do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as i am not of the world sanctify them in the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world so i have sent them into the world and for their sake i consecrate them myself that they also may be sanctified in truth isn't that beautiful he says they are in the world but they are not of it because he knew that the minute we accept jesus as our savior something changes i am not the christine i was 
back in the day. I'm a different one now. I have convictions that are based on the word of God. I have an understanding of who God is and I know what he expects of me. And so I have had to say no to certain things and I say yes to certain things. I don't know if you if you're a science geek like me but I've enjoyed um science for the longest time and there's this particular process in science called metamorphosis which is basically how certain creatures start out in one shape or size and they completely change and get transformed into another organism it's the same person is the same individual but it transforms completely and the best example is uh, a caterpillar a caterpillar um it's called the larvae and it basically what it does is it it hatches out of eggs and it grows on leaves and you would have seen this sometimes if you're having a problem like me with certain plants just getting eaten up completely by a caterpillar usually if a, if your plant is totally getting eaten up by a caterpillar it's probably because that caterpillar is getting ready to change into a butterfly at some point so what the caterpillar does is has a voracious appetite it eats round the clock so this caterpillar starts out really small over the next few weeks it eats every leaf in sight its appetite is crazy it eats as much as it can and keeps growing in size it molds its skin as it grows grows bigger almost doubles in size and then after that it goes into a resting phase and after a certain number of days it breaks out of that resting phase and becomes a beautiful butterfly with no resemblance to the caterpillar it started out as the caterpillar is usually grubby and brown or black but the butterfly is multicolored beautiful to look at slender tender the caterpillar is chubby and furry sometimes but the butterfly is sleek the caterpillar crawls around on on all its feet where the butterfly has no feet it's got wings and interestingly enough the caterpillar which i said has a voracious appetite it leaves non-stop but the butterfly drinks nectar it has a proboscis like a straw which it flies from plant to plant inserting into plants and drinking its nectar so very different same individual starts out as a caterpillar becomes a butterfly appetites are different location is different appearance is different everything has changed and i wonder if those of us who have found ourselves in jesus and call ourselves a new creation are like that do i still have the same appetites i had before i met jesus do i still watch those shows which i know are detrimental to my spirit man do i still watch it or do i know now enough to say no i don't think i need that in my life do i still hang out in those spaces which cause me to sin or am i able to say you know what this part of my life i don't need that anymore i don't need that complication What are the things that we have to say no to in order to be a new creation in Christ? There are some things which could hold us back, which could make the lines blurry. The Israelites were told, "I want you to be holy as I am holy. You are set apart. I love you." That's what Jesus that's what the Lord told them. He said that time and again to them, "You are mine. I have set you apart from the nations around you. And so don't worship any of the other gods. Don't intermarry. Don't take up their traditions. Don't worship their gods. And yet these people, much like us, slowly began to disobey. They started intermarrying first. They started worshiping other gods. Altars came up and before you knew it, full blown backsliding they had just forgotten that there was one god the living god who had rescued them now they had 10 gods on an altar that they could see and they were just worshiping things that they didn't understand 
It's a very sad state of affairs. If you read the Old Testament, you just see at the rate at which they fell away from God. And I wonder today if each of us can honestly say, Lord, I'm not in a backward slide. If we can say, you know what? I honestly only have Jesus on the throne of my life. Because each of us have things that have pulled us back into the world. In an effort to be inclusive, we have said certain things. We have created certain cultures for ourselves which match the culture of the world. But today I believe that if we need to worship God in truth, as he desires to be worshipped, we have to allow the truth of Jesus, we have to allow the truth of the word to shape our lives and to set us apart. We can no longer say, I'm in the world, I love the world, I need to be one with the world. He's calling us to be in the world, but not of it. That's what he wants from us. And so, you know, the beauty of this is that in worshipping Jesus, in knowing Jesus, who is the truth embodied, I start to live my life differently. I start to make different choices. I start to use different uh, language when I speak. I, I start to um, react differently to people. I start to look at people differently. And that starts to change things in my life. And that's what it means being sanctified by the truth. Because the truth never leaves me as I was. It changes me into someone who God looks at and says, wow. Because already God looks at me and says, wow. And he sent Jesus just for me. But in walking in the truth, in actually allowing the truth to shape my life, I keep getting shaped more and more into the image of his son, Jesus. And so I want to ask you this. Have you been saying okay to every whim of your flesh? Have you been saying, you know what? This, this is, it's not a thing of, you know, being a Christian or not. I can say okay to this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my walk with God. Can I ask you if you are set apart for God? Will you continue saying yes to every whim of your flesh? Everything that has been defiling you. Are you still wandering around doing what your friends do just because you need to, because you need to be part of that crowd? What if you were to take a stand today? What if you were to say, I'm unafraid to stand out. I'm unafraid to be who God has created me to be, who God is calling me to be, a new creation in Christ. Will you confidently say today, you know what? I'm going to dethrone from the throne of my old life everything that doesn't belong there, my job, my home, my spouse, my children, my career, my ambitions, and just allow Jesus to be up there on his own because he deserves that throne. Nothing else deserves it. So in order to bring heaven to earth, we need to worship God in spirit and in truth. And the way we do that is we go deeper with the Holy Spirit's help and that we allow ourselves to be set apart by the truth of God's word and the truth of who Jesus is. And so today, as we, as you head back into this week of Advent, the last week before Christmas, this is what I want to ask you. Will you be like the wise men? Will you come to worship our King? And what I mean by that is, will you take the effort to worship him. It's not just for this week. It's for the rest of the year. Can I challenge you that you will take that effort to worship him. The, the wise men took an incredible effort. Came across many, many countries just to see a newborn king. Will you and I take the effort to come to him in worship? And not just that. Can we come and give him our all? Can we give him every treasure in our life? Maybe your treasure is your money, your finances. Maybe your treasure is your resources. Maybe your treasure is your influence. Maybe your treasure is your family. Will you come before him and say, Lord, I offer everything to you? Because that's what the wise men did. They had these treasures, 
gold, myrrh and frankincense and they just, they left it there for him. They left it there and a lot of historians say that Jesus' Jesus's parents, Mary and Joseph, must have used that when they went to Egypt and when they came back. It must have helped them financially. But whatever said and done, what are you offering to Jesus? When you come and worship to him, are you coming empty-handed or do you give him your all? It's important to know that because coming to worship him requires that I give him everything I have, be it my energy, my my fin- finances, my resources. What is it he's been asking you today? A lot of times people say, you know what, God's not asked me for anything, so I don't need to give him anything. Well, everything you have, everything I have is from him. Will you offer that to him in worship? Do we give him the best in our life or do we give him the half-hearted remains? Do we give him generously all that we have or do we grudgingly give it because you know what I have to give? Do we work for him with all that we have? Or do I withhold something saying, you know what, God, this is my area. It's not yours. Do we use our bodies to glorify him? Are we keeping our bodies pure? Are we keeping ourselves pure? Do we use our intellect for him? We live in a time when our intellect is so divided between things, being on social media, managing our jobs, having all kinds of apps on our phone. Is my intellect wholly devoted to him? Those are the questions we need to ask because if I like the wise men, I need to worship him. I need to come before him with that effort and not come empty handed, but give him everything I have. Give him every treasure of my life. And the second thing is like the shepherds, would you leave knowing him? It's not enough to come and worship our king. You need to leave changed. You need to leave knowing him. We're living in a time when there's so many discussions about who God is. You know, we have so many facts and discourses and and discussions on who we think God is. But in Jesus, you know, in Jesus, we now know who God is. Because Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And so it's beautiful. You know, a lot of people are saying, why should we celebrate Christmas? 25th December didn't come in the Bible. This was a pagan festival instituted. Let me tell you this. We worship Jesus every single day of the year. We love Jesus all of the time. But in this month, we especially remember that a savior was given to us in the flesh, God in the flesh, so that no longer would God be this abstract quantity up in the sky who just kind of controlled everyone by remote, but he became one with us. And so now it is possible to know God. Let's not belittle what this festival is about. Let's not belittle what this month is about. It is about knowing that God is with us. Knowing God. Because in Jesus, he came nearer and nearer and nearer. Till with the Holy Spirit, now he's in us. He's helping us. He's aiding us. He's enabling us to do all the things we ever dared or dreamed possible. So I want to ask you, have you been in a state of just knowing about God? Have you been piggybacking off your parents' faith or your siblings' faith? It's time that you come to a place of saying, you know what, I want to know God. Because that's what the shepherds did. They heard about it. They went and saw for themselves. And then they went and told people what they saw. And then they left praising and glorifying God. Why? Because they knew that this was, you know, the greatest thing that could have ever happened to them. That they actually saw the Messiah in the flesh. And today... He's no longer a baby. He's a powerful God. He's a living God. And he wants to be known by you. He already knows you, but he wants you to know him.
knowing him requires the time and effort you cannot say you know someone if you've not spent time with them you cannot say you've known someone unless you've listened to them speak to you and say so want to ask you will you get to know him will you have an urgency to know him we are living in times when it's not life is not perfect life is not great and instead of haggling over existential issues we need to be wondering god how can i know you more i want to know your heart more i want to know how to worship you better i want to know how i can fulfill your plans for me on the earth right now that should be our prayer that should be our discussion and so can i ask you that you would have an urgency to get to know god and not just that will you have an urgency like the shepherds to tell others about him i enjoy this season purely because i love the opportunity to share my faith with someone else world religions have a lot of dates marked for them and we have this date and i look at this month as a chance to share my faith with others it's a great chance to say hey you know what he's god with us we're not alone and in this i realize that my worship becomes real more real than ever because i now can worship him in spirit and in truth i now can live every day leave my house knowing that he's with me i can worship him on the way i can worship him right where i'm at we can worship him in the shower we can worship him at the gym we can worship him while we're looking after our children while we're changing nappies we can worship him where we are at no matter what the time is no matter he doesn't sleep he doesn't slumber he's with us and so can i urge you that like the wise men you would come to worship your king with everything you have If you've been really tight-fisted this past year saying Lord I can't tithe because well I just don't have the means maybe it's time to trust him with your finances and worship him with what little you have maybe you've been withholding yourself and saying I can't commit to a community I can't com- commit to a church because you know what covid omicron this and that he's saying will you trust me with that will you trust me just come as you are bring all that you have I'm here waiting for you and will I, can i urge you that you would leave knowing him it's not enough to know about him you need to know him and will you tell others about what you know of him that's the task for us and so as i close that's what i want to leave with you that we will no longer be the same we'll be set apart by the truth and that we will be unafraid to go deeper with god because in going deeper with him it's amazing how your life will be transformed can i pray for you father in heaven i just come before you father i just repent right now on behalf of every one of us watching if there's been a time when our worship has been so false when our worship has been superficial when our worship has been about the frills when in reality lord we needed to go deeper with you forgive us for the times when we have withheld what we must have given you or what we should have given you I pray right now and dedicate each one of us who are listening. I just pray that you will take us spirit, soul and body for your sake, for your use. We surrender our lives to you. And we ask Lord that our lives will be an act of worship. The way we talk, the way we think, the way we live will be an act of worship. I pray oh Father that if any of us have been holding back because of things that we have gone through this past year, we let it go father that we'll come to worship you and that we will leave changed we will leave every day knowing that lord we know you we are known by you we are loved by you and we thank you for that heavenly father we love you so much continue to be with us and bless us in jesus name i pray amen amen
as you get into this week, like I was saying, if you could just allow yourself to worship the Lord whenever you get a chance, you don't need musical instruments, you don't need a specific place, you can worship Him right where you're at. Sometimes your worship may just look like, um, you know, giving someone a need something or just listening to someone or could just be being kind to your children. Sometimes our acts of worship are very simple things. Ask the Lord, go deeper with Him. And remember, you're set apart. God has called you from darkness into light to proclaim the deeds of His kingdom. Can you do that? So as you get into this week, I pray that you will have one of victory, one of joy, and one of unfettered worship, extravagant worship to our King. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.